Okay, well, I get the honor and privilege of welcoming up the incredible Steve Bowen this morning. And I'm thankful that I get to say this again because I really mean it. He is such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and experience and truth and humility and honor. And just, I just encourage you to every single thing he says, just like take it and stick it in your heart and let it grow. So, Steve, you're awesome. Here we go. Can we give him like an applause here? This is so great. Aren't you guys glad for the gift of worship? I mean, it's really, uh, you know, that's the uh, main thing, isn't it? Upper, upper room worship center, worship the main thing. Everybody go one. It's number one. You know, without, without God's presence, without his grace and his goodness, uh, we would not be able to worship. But what Jesus did for us on the cross when he died for us, he reconciled us to the Father. In other words, he made us connected to the Father so that we can be friends of God. And uh, the last verse that I'll be mentioning tonight, it's going to be the first verse I'm going to mention today, is that uh, the whole verse about boldly approaching the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in the time of need. Anybody here need grace? Anybody need grace? So today we're going to spend a few minutes just talking about this word grace. I, through this uh, whole pandemic, COVID thing, all this kind of stuff that's been going around, uh, I've, uh, did, I've done well, and other times I've not done so well. And so I began to think, what do I need in my life to help me to do better in the midst of all this uh, pandemic stuff? <coughs> and, and I came up with one word, grace. <laughs> I need grace. And we're going to look at the definition of grace. And one of the definitions of grace is this. God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches for us at Christ's expense. Another word for grace is his unmerited favor. In other words, we receive something we didn't deserve. It's a gift. It's grace that comes upon our lives to make us acceptable before uh, the Father. Uh, when I uh, realized that I needed grace, part of what I do, okay, just to let you know, maybe you could do this too, but when I know that I need something, what I do is I try to get as much of what I need in me to boost my spiritual immune system. <laughs> that makes sense? You know, so we all have immune, have immune systems, but we have spiritual immune systems that really keeps the bad stuff away and brings the good stuff in. Like every night I drink vitamin C to help boost my uh, immune system. And uh, so what I do is, like, if I, uh, God's been dealing with me about being a gentle, kind person, and the reason why he's been asking me to do that is because I'm not. And so <laughs> what I do is when I realize that he's speaking to me about kindness, what I do is I dig into kindness. When he's speaking to me about being a gentle person, what, he, what I do is I dig into the Word of God and look up as many verses as I can on, on the word gentleness. And it's, it's interesting that this whole gentle thing, you know, wisdom, it talks about the wisdom that's from above is first pure, peace, full of peace, and gentle. Isn't that interesting? The wisdom from above is gentle. You know, it's acceptable. And gentle people are, the, are really humble people. Gentle people are people who have uh, taken the second seat instead of the first seat and become uh, less prideful, let's put it that way. Because when our fe feathers get ruffled, anybody here besides me get ruffled feathers? You know, like, 
Like, I'm sure you don't have any relationship issues. That's right. Nobody has any kind. No marriages have uh, difficulties. No friendships have difficulties. But usually what happens when my ruffles get feathered or whatever, what happens is what comes out of me sometimes is not very gentle. And so the way to get that into my heart, to move it from my head to my heart, is I dig into the Word of God, look at all the scriptures about gentle. There's an amazing amount of scripture about being gentle. Do you know the fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is gentleness. And uh, has anybody ever heard the phrase gentle giant? You know, why is that? Why is is that person defined that way? It's because there's something about them, even though they're huge, that is graceful. You know, there's a softness about their heart, and and that's definitely what, what I want. Well, it's the same thing when I realized I needed more grace. So what I, I do is, like, I say, okay, I need grace. i got to figure out how to get grace into my heart. And how do I get grace into my heart? Well, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word concerning the word of God or concerning Jesus. And so what I do is I dig into the word of God. I dig into uh, the word. I begin to read uh, Galatians. You know, that's a great grace uh, place to go to. I began to read Every scripture, basically, I went in and checked out almost every, I can say it with, with, with truthfulness, just about every scripture on grace I began to read. Just going through my daily things. I have a journal, and so when I'm reading through uh, the scripture, the word, to be able to try to get it into my heart, one of the best ways of helping you to get it in your heart is writing it out. And a friend of mine about 20 years ago, a little bit more than that now, 25 years ago, we used to travel with him. And he would write out the Word of God longhand. And I picked up that habit many, many years ago. I mean, I've written a whole book of Romans. I've done, you know, John. I've done all the Gospels, all that kind of stuff. But when you write your thoughts down, what happens is you can remember better. It gets into your heart quicker than just reading. And think about it. Also, meditation. Meditation means just chewing over and over and over what uh, the Word means or can mean. And then trying to find biblical illustrations where you see people who are full of grace. And guess who the number one person who is full of grace? Jesus. And the definition that I want to give you today of grace is God's empowering presence. Could you, you all say that with me? God's empowering presence. So when Paul wrote the, the books of the Bible, he wrote 13 books of the Bible, I think, or more. I can't uh, remember, but... At the beginning of every book of the Bible, what did he say? He said at the beginning of every book that he wrote in the Bible, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father be with you all. That's what he said. And at the end of every book that he wrote, he hit it again. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you now and forever. So when he's saying the grace of God being with you, see, grace is not just this intangible word, it's a power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's His goodness in action. And we can access grace, His empowering presence, by faith. We can lean in. We can lean into His presence. We can lean into uh, His grace when, when we ha- have a need. You know, Scripture's true. Sometimes what I do, uh, my habits, I have habits that I've developed over many, many years. But one of my habits is, is worship personal worship and where I like to worship is, is worship in here. I like to come intentionally drive X amount of miles to get here or X amount of time to get here so I can sit down with my, my, my guitar 
and worship and sing songs out of my heart, connecting who I am to his grace, his empowering presence as I worship as part of what I do. And what happens when, when I do that, when I begin to pour my heart out to him, it's like I, I, I sing songs like, your promises are true. Faithful are you. Make sense? All his promises are true, and faithful is he. And so I begin to lean in to his presence, and when I lean into his presence, his promise is this, that if we draw near to God, what will he do? He will draw near to us. He will draw near to us, and that is the tangible presence of God. As we draw near, he will draw near. His presence comes. And when his presence comes, what he does is he touches our heart in such a way that he gives us grace, not just this ethereal thing, but he gives us grace or strength, his empowering presence in the very midst of our situations. And let me tell you, sometimes you really need to have the grace, that empowering presence in situations. And all of us have been through situations where we've had to really lean in uh, to God's grace, lean into his presence, lean into his goodness. I can think of people who have passed, uh, when my friends down in Pensacola passed, passed away not long ago, I needed his grace, his empowering presence to keep my heart steady and and, and the, the thoughts that went through my mind. Did I t tell him enough about Jesus? Did I encourage him uh, to, to uh, make sure that he returned to faith before he passed away? And so those, th those are those times when you have to lean in. C coronavirus, I need grace to put my mask on one more time. <laughs> you know, and I'm putting it on, not for me, I'm putting it on for the people next to me to help them. That's what love does. Love helps others. So helping them to feel more comfortable and, and uh, to be able to uh, have, have their own grace. So Paul, he, he wrote about grace, all, uh, most of the books that he, that he wrote. He began and ended every book. And then he said this, I love this, uh, this was the, the phrase that really got me. He says, by the grace of God I am uh, what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than them all. Yet not I but the grace of God with me. I labored. He says, I labored. I labored more than them all. But guess what I labored with? I labored with this empowering presence. I labored and was able to accomplish all that I was able to accomplish. If you look at Paul's life, everything that he was able to accomplish, he accomplished by the power and the goodness and the grace of God. Guess what? The same thing is true for us today. The same thing is true today. Uh, Nicole had said a, a, just a throwaway comment just a, a minute ago is, you know, laboring in our own strength. Has anybody ever tried that one? <laughs> tried to figure it out on your own strength with your own knowledge, your own wisdom, try to figure that one out. Anybody done that? Everybody, anybody got tired by, by doing that? And then suddenly it goes, oh, I, I, need to, I need to talk to Jesus about this and give it over to him so that I can labor with him in the situation. And, and, I, I, and, I, and grace is power. It's not just an ethereal word. It's power. Little, literally, it's power. The power to do good. It's not just pardon from sin, but it's the power to do good. It gives you the power to do good. Uh, it, Titus talks about, or the, the uh, pastoral epistles talks about, grace also teaches us to say no to ungodliness. As grace is teaching us to say no to ungodliness, we can embrace His grace to bring us into righteousness. 
can embrace the grace. So if, uh, I love what one man said this. He said, if God is dealing with you on an issue, respond because you have grace at that moment to respond to the issue that God is dealing with you on because he's dealing with you on that issue now. So respond with grace and empowering presence to say no and to turn toward his righteousness. I, I hope, as they would say, I hope I'm speaking to the right people. That's what I'm, I'm wondering. So how do we get this grace? How do we labor with the grace to get upon our lives? Well, number one, you can turn to Romans chapter 12. That'd be a great place where you can start, but uh, it's really basically by renewing our mind. That's how we begin, is by looking at grace like I did, writing it out, thinking about grace, inviting God's grace to come into our hearts to renew us, as Nicole said, in the spirit of our mind. You know, Jesus talked about how uh, Paul talked about uh, marriage, and one of the things that he says, he talks to the men to, to love, the, love his wife as Christ loves the church. And he goes on to say, say this, it's, a throwaway, it's not a throwaway comment, he says, by washing her with the water of his words. Washing her with the water of his words. That's a good marriage tip, or relationship tip. If uh, you want to enjoy your marriage, make sure you wash each other with the water of your words. That's good words. But that's what Jesus wants to do to renew us in the spirit of our minds to allow his word to somehow take root into our hearts so when we get the word into our hearts, we can respond and labor with the grace that he has put upon us. So number one is recognize his grace upon your life according to your calling, your role, your function, your assignment. Do you know pastors do this all the time? They, they find, and Greg would probably bear witness, he's a pastor too, but, but a lot of times what happens is that the, the pastors, in a, when we're trying to build Jesus' church, try, sometimes we get burdened by the church and try to build the church and see the church come to flourish and to be what Jesus wants it to be. And guess what happens? Very quickly we forget that Jesus is the one who builds the church. And we're laboring in vain sometimes in our own strength to see the church to become what it needs to become. And what we need to do in those roles is to enter into God's rest and labor with the grace that God has given us, leaning into his promises that he promises to uh, uh, build his church. So whatever calling, your role, your function, if you're called to be a mom, if you're called to be a dad at this moment, guess what, I'm not going to say guess what, but what you... <laughs> What you can do is labor with the grace in that role. Why, why do I say why do I say that? It's because God promises to bless you in whatever role or calling or assignment that He's given you to do. And so, if He promises to bless you in those roles, then you can expect by faith that He's going to speak to you to help children, your children, to raise them properly and to do all the things you need to do do for them. I I have th I had three boys. That was really fun. It was more fun. They're all about the same age when testosterone really started kicking in. I mean, we had holes in our walls, you know, had holes in the doors, you know, we had all this kind of stuff. But to be able to be a parent to parent uh, our children, we have to have the grace of God, his empowering presence to help us to do that role or assignment that he's given us. If you're in relationship uh, with, with someone, or if you're not in relationship, you can lean into God's grace to give you the wisdom. I was talking to two people today who have teenagers, and they're both in trouble. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> it sounds like me when I, I was being, being raised. And, and they both said that they, they have had to really lean into God.
God's grace to be able to help them to know how to navigate and to raise their child as the way that they should go, not the way that the parent wants them to go. That's a challenge. That is a challenge. And so that's, if that's your assignment, then you can expect, okay, you can expect God's grace and empowering presence to be upon you for that season of your assignment. If you're single, hello, single folks, loves you all. God's grace is there for you in the midst of your singleness. I would encourage you to, to learn what you need to learn, to develop relationships, develop life skills, pursue, if you have, let me, you, you have free time, you have free time to use the free time wisely. Use it as much as you can because once you get hitched, that free time isn't around as much as it, as it used to be. So I'd encourage you to do that function. Recognizes grace upon your life according to your calling, where you are right now. So I want you to write this down. Where am I? Where am I? Write down what's my calling. The calling, people go, well, that's kind of a spiritual thing. Well, you can think about what's your work? What rings your bell? What recharges your batteries? What is it in God that I feel he would want me to do? You can write down, what is my function? How am I functioning? What is my function or role? Right now, I have a new job. I am a maintenance man for St. Vincent de Paul. Thank you very much. Yes. We only have eight acres under roof to take care of. So, eight acres under roof take care of. That's my new role and my new function. And I'm doing very well at the moment. <laughs> then write down what is my assignment? What is your assignment? What has God given you to do that only you can do? If you don't know that, it would be a really good question to ask the Father. Father, I'm in a relationship. What is my assignment? Your assignment might be right now to be a mother with children, toddlers. And your assignment is to help them to be raised and to grow be nurtured all different assignments Romans 12 6 says this God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours and a lot of times I think what happens is when we read this God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries are uniquely uniquely ours we think about that being in the church it's beyond church what are the gifts and the callings that God has put upon your, your life is given you that are uniquely yours in the world that you live in? Yeah. It's the truth. That, we all bloom where, we plant, where we're planted. And that's really what God is after in these days is encouraging people to not just use their gifts, their talents, their abilities within the church walls, but to use their abilities, gifts, and ta talents beyond the church walls. Beyond the church walls. 1 Peter 1.10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. His empowering presence. 1 Peter. Use grace. Can you see the two words? Use grace in whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace and being faithful is so important faithful to what God 
wants to do with you and in, in, your, in your life. Now, I have, a, I have a friend, I got permission uh, to use this illustration. If you could put up the, the next uh, slide there. Do you like my drawing? I'm not an artist, could you tell? You know, I'm not, not over there. But anyway, I have a friend named name Jesse. Jesse, wave at everybody. There's Jesse over there. And uh, he's a tree feller, okay? He is a tree feller. And he has gifts and abilities and talents that are beyond the normal. Let me just, let me just say that, very, very beyond the normal. He got a call from an owner of this house that was really in trouble, okay? You see the house is looking like a little nervous. And anyway, there was this big old tree hanging up over this house. And the bottom of the tree was kind of jagged out. And so Jesse, what he had to do was figure out how to get that tree from falling on that house when it was over the house and to get rid of the tree safely. So he, he knows a system, okay, that has to use trigonometry, physics, understanding pulleys, understanding ropes, understanding uh, pounds and pressure according to the pulley you're using because you could bust a pulley very easy with a heavy, heavy tree. Looking at the tree, and, and one of his posts, he says, he says uh, yeah, I thought that tree was 4,500 pounds, but no, 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 it's 6,000 pounds. So big, heavy tree, not that tree. So anyway, what he had to do, okay, this is using his gifts and his talents and his abilities, all this brain work, not only brain work, but physical work, he had to climb up the tree. Can you see that? That's Jesse. Everybody... <laughs> Everybody go, hi, Jesse. <laughs> he had to go up the tree, he had to hook up a pulley, make sure there's a rope on the end of the other tree. How he did that, I have no idea. And then he had, had to come down, attach it to this tree. Then he had to go all the way over to another tree, all right? Say hello, Jesse. Hi, Jesse. He's up in another tree. He had to hook up another pulley and rope. This looks kind of like it, okay? It's not exactly. And then he had to come down the tree, get another partner, and then he had to stand here, and this partner had to stand there. And together, what they had to do was pull this tree, you ready? Up and back, safely, away from hitting the roof when they pull it back, safely up and back, and laying the tree on the ground. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Give him a hand. I mean, seriously. Now, now, would you say that, that Jesse's wired a little bit different than you and I? But he's wired with the gifts and abilities that God has given him in his assignment of taking care of his family and loving his family. That's where it happens. That's where it happens. And uh, the way that uh, it, it can encourage people is by acknowledging that that gift and calling comes from the very throne of God. It just does. And I know that he would admit that immediately. So number two, let's just wrap this up. Number two, activate his grace upon you and in you by faith. By faith. Activate it. So when you need God's grace, just as Jesse the tree feller needed, expect wisdom. Would you write that down? Expect wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask in faith, believing if he asks in faith, he will receive what he asked for. So ask in faith. Expect wisdom. And number two, write this down. Expect empowerment. God's grace is God's imparting, imparting empowerment of his spirit and his goodness to give us the ability to do what he 
has called us. It reaches beyond the natural. It leans into the supernatural to pull down what we need for what we need in our lives as we're walking. Anybody here ever needed wisdom? Anybody here ever needed understanding? Has anybody ever lost a key and you're saying, oh God, where's that key? How many people found the key? Let me see how many. Ah, no, a bunch of you guys. So you activated grace that's upon you and in you by faith for your assignment, for what God has called you to. You see, faith is now, and uh, it's faith is the, the ingredient that actually activates the gift of grace. It's true. It's through grace, through faith, that you what believe and you are saved. It's not just believing. You know, it's not just believing. It's receiving the grace that Jesus has for you that makes us saved. And how we receive the grace that Jesus gave to us when he died upon the cross, we received it, receive it by faith, by speaking, by speaking to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I've messed up my life. I've blown it out of the water. I ask you to come into my life, forgive me of my sins, wash me, renew me. I believe that you were crucified you were buried and you rose again, that you're the risen king, you're the risen Lord, and I invite you to come into my life and save me, and by faith, I'm saved. And by faith, you are saved, and you are rescued, and you are redeemed. So it is by faith, it reaches beyond the natural into the supernatural. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me also that Romans 12, 3 says, we have all received a measure of faith. It's the truth. We have all received a measure of faith. Now, some people, because they've activated their faith and they worked their faith, they have great faith. And so, but every one of us has a measure of faith. Would you raise your hand? I'm really bugging you guys today. I'm, I'm making you do stuff that I wouldn't do if anybody ever asked me to do it. So, <laughs> so if you, we're going to raise your hand and we're going to say this declaration. I have... Received, received a measure, a measure of, faith. of faith. Amen. Okay. That was very cringeworthy, but thank you for doing that. I appreciate, appreciate you doing that. But it is how we activate, how we activate the grace of God in our lives is by faith. It's leaning into God's grace when we need God's grace. So let me uh, just uh, uh, wrap this up. If you could go to slide 13. This is a book by Bob Goff, and, and this is how, how faith, how grace and, and faith, faith works. I love what he says. He's, he's, he's Mr. Grace. He has written great books, Love Does, and I'm reading his book, 365 Days of Grace, and because uh, I want to get grace in my life. But he sa says this, we all face different challenges and those challenges require different kinds of faith. Would you agree? Yes. Different kinds of faith. Raising a toddler takes a different kind of faith than raising a teenager. It's true. It's a different kind of faith that when you have cancer than when you have a headache. True. Different kinds of faith. Our friends down in Pensacola, they just got nailed by the, the uh, hurricanes. Uh, they, they put action. They, they're, right now, they're in the war zone. They put action to their faith, and uh, this, I think it was in two days, 
they gave away 124,000 pounds of food in two days. Two days. So they were prepared because they're, they're a hurricane area. So they, they have warehouse. They just jump on it. Uh, a friend of mine got her, got her house tarped in one day because people came and rushed. And it was a big house. She lost a third of her roof and it was raining like 30 inches or something like that. So we all face different challenges and those challenges require different kinds of faith. Sometimes faith looks like taking aid to civilians in war zones and sometimes faith looks like reading bedtime stories to toddlers as they drift off to sleep. Which is higher than the other? They're both equal. And actually, this can happen. I guarantee you that down in Pensacola, this happened in one day to one family or, or people who are working down there. That during the day, they're in a war zone at night. They use faith to love their, their kid in the bed. So that's using uh, the measures of faith. Lastly, the, the way to allow, uh, to, to really activate this whole thing of, of faith to, is to let love flow. Let love flow. And I love what the Passion Translation says out of Romans 12, 9. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another. Let the inner movement of your heart. And that's how faith is activated. It's activated by faith, hope, and love, but faith is activated and grace is activated toward other people by putting on love. Choosing, like Nicole talks about, dying to self, take up your cross daily, that's really actually choosing love. It's choosing to be patient and kind in situations. It's making choices of leaning into God's grace to help us to love others. And, and if you let love flow, uh, gifts tend to to flow out of love. That's just the way that God has wired us. And lastly, in conclusion, is I'd just like to come back to the verse I started with out of Hebrews 4.14. 4, it says, let, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace, God's empowering presence, to help in a time of need. Let me read that again. Therefore, let us draw near. There's an action to that. There's an action of, of pushing Paul's and saying, Lord, I'm drawing near to you. Whatever that looks like to you. Whatever it looks like to you. The way that I come in and worship and do what I do will look totally different than the way that you draw near. There was a guy in Scotland that was over not a, few, a couple years ago and he said, yeah, my pastor told me that to hear God's voice and to know God, I needed to get my Bible and go into a room and shut the door and just be in silence and, and wait on God. I said, I pulled a Dr. Phil. How's that working for you? He says, not really good. I'm not hearing anything. I said, where do you feel closest to God? He says, when I'm out walking my dog out in the glens and out in the, out, out in the byways. I said, that's where you'll find God. Go there. See, we're all wired differently. We're all wired differently. And so let us draw near with confidence. And I think that's the key word is with confidence. How can we draw near with confidence? Because God is a holy God. And that's why when you study the holiness of God, I just read R.C. Sproul's book, The Holiness of God, you understand the holiness of God, you understand how great grace is. Because God is Father, but He is holy. And grace, because we receive grace, he, the, uh, receiving his grace from him, he empowers us to come near 
to him unafraid. Tozer said this, he says, to fear and to be unafraid is the great paradox of the Christian faith. To fear and to be unafraid, yet unafraid is the great paradox of the Christian faith. Holy God, we ain't so holy. I don't know about you guys, I figured it out on my 68 years, I ain't so holy. And I need grace. I need his empowering presence. I need his blood to be over me. God's riches is Christ's expense. I need that in my life. I need his unmerited favor so that I can draw near with what? Confidence. I can draw near with confidence. Like right now, we can draw near with confidence for to receive. And so throne of grace is a throne of grace. Aren't you glad it's a throne of grace? <laughs> throne of grace. So that we may receive mercy and to find grace. Receive mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. That's what we need, folks. To, to endure what, what God is uh, setting us up for, uh, to be a, a church uh, who goes out and loves our community, to have enough evidence so that we're not irrelevant, that we're essential. <laughs> and uh, we're doing that this weekend. We're, we're going to be this, I think tomorrow, we're taking some gift ba uh, baskets to all the teachers in Tip City just to show them God's love in a practical way. To help them, help them to know that we love them, that we're grateful that uh, that we uh, uh, are there there to be with our kids, and that we're gr grateful that they're taking risk every day to come back to school. They are taking risk every day to come back to school to be the teachers uh, in our community. So we're trying to express that. We're trying to amp, amp that up. Uh, you know, Aaron's been talking about family. I think the biggest thing for me and the whole family is I love family, but I also love the mission of family. And I love the mission of being on mission with family. And I think back to our food drop that we did um, back a little while. Well, it was really fun because there's so many of us who were just being family, loving on people. And we even had a Spanish translator. Could you believe that? Spanish translator led, led a person to the Lord uh, who could only speak Spanish on that day. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that crazy good? So we have these cards right here. If we could look at the last slide. We have uh, some cards right here that we developed. And there, there's bundles of five of them out when you, when you leave. And what I would encourage you to do is to grab a bundle. And when you uh, see somebody in need and you, be, you begin to meet that need or, or love on somebody, let them, let them know that you're showing them God's love in a practical way with no strings attached. That's what the card says. Then on the back it just says the upper room information. I would encourage you to do that. The last story, and I'll pray for you guys and knock over my water. Uh, the last story is a, a, a friend of mine, she uh, became really proficient with kindness outreach. She began to go out and to love people in kind ways, expressing God's love and His grace. And she had a gift bag that we used to do, a whole bunch of gift bags, and we just take them out. We'll probably do it here not, not long from now. But anyway, she had a gift bag. And what she did, because she was so used to doing it, she wanted to really exercise her faith and to hear God's voice more. So what she did, she would put her bag by the door, and then she would just wait until she felt a prompting in her heart to pick up the bag and take it with her. And so she did. So one day she got up, getting ready to go out, and getting ready to go to Kroger, and felt like the Lord says, take the bag. So she picked up the bag, put it in her car, drove to Kroger, carried the bag in Kroger, uh, did her shopping, and kept looking. Okay, what, Lord? And he said, uh, the cashier. And so she went down and look, looked at the numbers on the cashiers, looked at different people, and he said five. So she went down to number five, 
where you know the numbers you know cashier number five or whatever and she went up to uh, the conveyor belt and she put all of her groceries on put the bag on on the conveyor belt and so uh, the groceries went through ching 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 the bag stops in front of the cashier and the lady says what's this and she goes well it's a gift from me she goes what do you mean it's a gift for me she said i just felt like you uh, needed encouragement today and so i wanted to give you this gift bag to thank you uh, just express uh, god's love to you in a practical way and she said that and the lady just started crying just broke started crying and she she said uh, you have no idea how much i needed that today that's what the lady said and so the next step was was hey can i pray for you and the lady said yeah you can pray for me so right in kroger man she's got her hand on her praying for asking god to bring comfort and god's bring his grace and power and presence upon, upon her life so small things done with great love guess what can really change the world i said guess what again can change can change can change the world let's stand okay that'd be great we could stand did you guys enjoy worship today pressing in jesus good he is so good he is so good and let's just let's hold our hands out just for a second. Let's just lean into his presence. Father, you, your word says that, uh, that if we draw near to you, that you draw near to us. Your promises are true because you are faithful and true. So come, Holy Spirit. I invite you tangible grace of God empowering presence come and I pray that the Lord would give you strength today I pray God would give you grace for every assignment every role that you play and that God would stir up your gifts not just for this house not just for this church but would stir up your gifts for the world your creative ability your talents, your giftings, that would you stir up those grace gifts. So, Father, we just invite you to come. We thank you for the day. We're very grateful. We're very grateful, Father. We're very grateful, Jesus. Jesus, we're so grateful. We thank you for dying for us. We thank you for making worship possible. It's amazing, Lord. We stand in awe of you. We say it's amazing that we have free access boldly to come before the very throne of a holy God through what Jesus you have done for us, making us sons and daughters, causing us, O oh God, to lean into you. That Lord, you are faithful and we are faithless. So Lord, I ask you to pursue every person here. I ask you to pursue them this week. Father, show them that they can lean into your presence to receive the grace that they need for their time of need, for their time of help. And if you don't know Jesus today, he'd love to meet you. He would love to meet you today to give you access to this wonderful Father that we know. So Lord, bless us as we go. And again, let's uh, thank you for worship. Can we give the Lord applause for his worship today? Lord, we give you honor. Thank you that we can worship you today. In Jesus' name.